You are sacred and holy just the way you are. Hello and welcome to The Flame, a Unitarian Universalist faith-centered podcast providing voices and stories of hope, love, resilience, and community. Witness real conversations, ones that sometimes tackle challenging topics but in safe and brave ways. Whether you are a lifelong Unitarian Universalist, new to the faith, or this is the first time you are hearing of Unitarian Universalism, I welcome you just as you are. May the voices and perspectives that you are about to hear provide you with hope, love, support, and encouragement on your spiritual journey. This is The Flame. Today, we are joined by the Reverend Michael J. Crumpler. They joined the UUA in 2017, shortly after they were ordained a reverend in the United Church of Christ. Michael lives in New York and has a passion for intersectional ministry centered on blackness, queerness, HIV and AIDS, economic justice, emotional well-being, and so much more. Michael, welcome. How are you? I'm well, thank you. It's a privilege to be here. So the first question that I've been kind of asking everyone that comes on is really a loaded question, but it's one that really centers and grounds this work. And so for you, I think it's going to be a little more complex because you work in Unitarian Universalism, but you are a Dane UCC minister. Yes. So... What does Unitarian Universalism mean to you? Why are you working in that? And then why UCC? Oh, wonderful, wonderful question. So I'll start with the latter, why the UCC? Um, For years, I had been in a variety of traditions, uh, you know, faith spaces. Uh, I was, uh, I'm a son of the black church born and raised in North Carolina, um, you know, first baptized in, into the missionary Baptist context. And then um, in my early 20s, which would have been in the, in the mid 90s, mid to late 90s, well, really mid 90s, I um, became very involved in the evangelical church uh, movement, the uh, evangelical conservatism, which would have been more theological, definitely theologically conservative, but, um, but you know, and that happened while I was in the military. Um, and during those years, I was sort of coming of age, wrestling with my sexuality, uh, trying to understand what it meant to be attracted to men, to have sexual relationships with men, and how that squared with the political identity of being uh, both black and gay from a Southern black family. And at the time, evangelicalism suited me until I uh, came out. And when I came out, I came out as, you know, gay and HIV positive, uh, which was like a a double whammy for me and left, uh, you know, the church altogether. And uh, some years later, not very many, um, decided to visit a church. And the church, first church that I visited was the UCC uh, 
congregation. And, and that was my first uh, exposure to um, queer faith. Uh, you know, the church itself was a traditional, you know, mostly white congregation. Uh, the youth minister was a lesbian, was, was lesbian and a married lesbian and was actually just getting married. And then while I was there, began to have a family. And, and then there were other folks who were, who were queer in the church and that just blew, blew my mind and, and comforted me. And soon after that, you know, having began my theological studies as an evangelical, um, both undergrad and, and, and seminary, I chose to resume uh, studies uh, in, in more of a queer affirming context, which is, and so that being in that denomination is, is, is where I was, where I was located at UCC. And so that I went to Union Theological Seminary or finished my MDiv at Union Theological Seminary. And by the time it was time to explore call, um, I found the UUA in this position. And so the UCC accepted my call in this role uh, as LGBTQ and multicultural programs director uh, as, as my ministry. So that's sort of where the worlds collide. Now, what does Unitarian Unit Universalism mean to me? I think, it, I think that openness speaks to what it means to me, really. I think that, um, you know, personally, that first church is, you know, you know, that was where I began. And then when I came to New York, I began going to Judson Memorial Church, which is a much, uh, I would, I would frame it as a, as a UU congregation in, in UCC cloth, if you will. Um, there's an openness, there's a commitment to justice. And so everything that I was growing in justice-wise here in New York City sort of comported well with Unitarian Universalism. So Unitarian Universalism to me is, is, is about justice. It's about, um, you know, inclusion, multiculturalism. There's a radical multiculturalism that I, that I experienced in Unitarian Universalism. Um, but again, I sit in a different position. I sit with, with, with the big hitters, the thinkers, the, the, the managers, the organizers. And so I'm very well acquainted with their intentions. So that's mostly what Unitarian Universalism is for me. And the third part of your question, and I may have answered two in, in there, but am I missing anything? I think you got them. Cool. So yeah, I, I, um, I find myself though more and more UU uh, in my theology and in my ethics. Um, and I, I was listening recently to, I think I was on Facebook and someone was getting married, a family member. And I heard a part of the sermon and it was very Christian. <laughs> and I remember feeling like, ooh, and I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I think, I think you're you, you. It was, and it was very simple. It was like Jesus and the wedding at Cana and the wine and just the way that the minister was speaking. It was, like, it was just like, I remember just, I don't ever want to sound like that. And it wasn't even anything. So all that to say, um, I call myself a Unitarian Universalist Christian. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much for being so honest and sharing that. It takes real vulnerability to share what you just shared. So mm. thank you. My pleasure. It's the, it's the truth. <laughs> yeah. So you 
mentioned briefly your job at the UUA. I know a lot about it, but you are the director of the LGBTQ and Multicultural Office. So what does that mean for those who don't necessarily know what that office is? Yeah, and sometimes I don't know, but I will say that, um, you know, as LGBTQ and Multicultural Programs Director, I am primarily the primary contact for our, uh, for LGBTQ ministries, um, which by and large means um, I oversee welcoming congregate, the welcoming congregations program. And what that means, you know, just more, more specifically is I provide resources for congregations to practice welcome in their community. Sometimes it means uh, helping to navigate conflicts uh, around uh, queer and trans experience in UU congregations. Uh, oftentimes it means just um, being the voice um, of the UUA in relation to LGBTQ uh, concerns and um, leading the organizing strategy for LGBTQ related um, movement, uh, supporting legislation, uh, signing the UUA on to uh, any variety of, of measures. Um, my favorite part of it is just really the, um, the social media platform of it all, Uplift, um, as well as like just creating messaging, um, you know, for, you know, that, that, that expressed our Unitarian Universalist values as it relates to the LGBTQ experience. Um, you know, LGBTQ issues is what drives many folks to Unitarian Universalism. Um, certainly, I didn't know much about Unitarian Universalism before I, um, you know, came into this role, but I've learned so much more about, you know, justice around immigration and climate and, um, and, and race, um, as well as how to lead efforts towards liberation in all of those areas. And so a lot of people, for a lot of people, the front door of Unitarian Universalism is our LGBTQ witness, um, but it becomes then the threshold to enter into other justice justice programs. And so I consider how we communicate our, our queerness uh, to be very important because it impacts all other forms of justice. Certainly, thank you again, Michael, for sharing that. So you mentioned that it impacts our other forms of justice. And yes. so in 2018, you, 150 others, including Susan Frederick Gray, president of the UA, were arrested at the Poor People's Campaign. Yes. And you wrote a beautiful blog article about it after. And in there, you said that they explained to me everything about what they were going to do. It seemed organized. It all made sense. But that you kept going back to your deeply seated there's problems with the criminal justice system as a black, queer, HIV positive man. And it all began to show and that nothing in the world could prepare you for the butterflies in your stomach. So exactly. years later, like what's that look like? How's the Poor People's Campaign and the UA's mission to the eighth principle and just all of that coming together in kind of the way that you said it drives everything forward. Yeah, no, thank you so much. You conjured up something, something I hadn't thought of in a while. But so I remember, um, you know, being invited by the Poor People's Campaign 
to 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 um you know participate in that action and i've i've never been arrested before um i've never had any i've had very few um run-ins with police i um was raised to not necessarily avoid you know law enforcement uh, but certainly that criminality and 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 just in, you know being good um, would is, is a shield from from you know law enforcement from from the prison from from ultimately death and so um, I think because of my queerness and because of the uh, the the, uh, the 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 horror that I grew up in that in relation to being queer that I knew would never leave me, that I knew would, would always follow me, that would put at risk my relationship to, to my family and, and the world. I just felt like I didn't need to be like gay and in jail. It just wasn't, you know, something that I just, so I'm like, I'm always gonna be gay. I can't do anything about that, but I can avoid, I can avoid law enforcement. I can avoid being a criminal. I can avoid being, being um, you know, a, a, a convict so so this so and it was, and it's always been the poor people's campaign that that kind of the two collided back when I was in North Carolina before even going to seminary I was a part of the more Mondays movement which the poor people's camp poor people's campaigns which started the poor which preceded the, the 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 poor people's campaign and people were volunteering to get arrested I'm like I'm not doing that I will go down to Raleigh to the General Assembly and I will, but I'm not getting arrested. I don't get, I don't, I don't do arrested. And so uh, when I started working for the UA and the Poor People's Campaign uh, approached us to participate in that action, I, I, I was willing, because I had had a lot more justice experience between, you know, 2013, which is when the more Mondays were, and 2018. So I'd learned a lot. I'd finished seminary at that point and learned a lot, but there was still anxiety uh, because, um, and I think a lot of it had to do with being black and being queer. And so, um, but doing that, I can't necessarily say that it, that it made me want to do it again, uh, but it kind of puts into focus what it means to be black and what it means to, to, to stand for justice. And um, and, and what it is we risk. And I think the two things came into stark contrast when it was me and a white woman together, a white woman with power and a black man with, um, with authority that's grounded in my identity, in my being, you know? And, you know, to be quite frank, the UUA as we were negotiating that didn't really know how to do that. And a lot of uh, energy was placed on what would happen to Susan you know, Reverend Susan, the president of the UUA, like, like, you know, when she gets arrested, like, who's going to be there to get her out? Who's going to, I don't know, carry her purse? Who's going to, all, all things that ought to be thought about whenever we're doing an action because of who she is and, and what she stands for. But I was like, hold on a minute. I ain't never done this before. Who's going to carry my purse? You know, who's going to be waiting for me? You know, and so we worked that out. But that I think, speaks to uh, the significance, I think, of multiculturalism and how we do multicultural work and who is centered and, and who is at risk and, and whose privilege 
becomes the ransom for change. And, um, and for me, it, 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 I guess, changed and altered how I understand my body and my voice. Thank you. And there was so much that we could talk about here. <laughs> and so many things that you and I could talk about. So we've known each other pretty much since I discovered Unitarian Universalism which was right around the same time that you joined the UUA. Mm-hmm. So I stepped foot in my first UU congregation for a Sunday morning worship on January 1st, 2017, mm-hmm. and had discovered the UU realm through social justice action a couple of years before that. Mm-hmm. And so kind of really right around those same patterns. And it's, Really a roller coaster, isn't it? It is. It is. It's 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 an interesting place, the Unitarian Universalism, and not just not not just in and of itself, right? Because I love hearing about Unitarian Universalism that predates me, which is you know all of its history, pretty much. And it's also interesting to come into the institution in 2017, but uh, you know during the inauguration of, you know, around the time that Trump was inaugurated and around the time that, you know, uh, Black Lives Matter really picks up steam and around the times when Black Lives of Unitarian Universalism gets funded and around the time when um, the Commission on Institutional Change and the resignation of, um, of Peter Morales and, you know, in the co-presidency that transitioned us into Susan Frederick Gray's tenure. Um, all of that is the Unitarian Universalism that I know in the context of, of, of the social upheaval that we've been experiencing over the last four and a half years. And honestly, I can't think of a better place to be um, where my sexuality and uh, you know my race and my faith are all sort of colliding and become like a wealth of resources to respond to these, you know, like disturbing uh, times that we're in. Um, I remember meeting you. Um, it was shortly after I uh, I started, and then it was shortly after I launched in sort of like a new programming platform, uh, up, Uplift, and we were doing blogs and stuff. And so I just remember you being just like so eager and so uh, excited to participate. I did not know that you were new to Unitarian Universalism. Uh, it didn't, um, I was just excited that, that, that someone who was so young and so experienced in LGBTQ justice was, was, had, come, had, come, had fallen into my inbox. And I just was like, oh, I can't wait to talk to him. And so I'm just so excited uh, to, to see your growth and to see um, how you have uh, positioned yourself in a way and how in the voice you have found and how you show up with your true self. I'm so excited for you. Thank you. And a lot of people, when I say that I've only been a UU since 2017, look at me and it's like, no, like you're lying. You've got to be one longer. And it's like, okay, fine. I've been a UU my whole life. I discovered it in 2017. There you go. But 
Yeah, it's really been since 2017, Michael, and a year after discovering it's when I answered a call to ministry. So and kind of went from zero to a hundred. No, and that's how, and honestly, you know, you more than anyone can, can, can understand how when I walked into that UCC congregation, um, I began to, it was like, it was, it, I didn't, it didn't take long. It was like, I mean, you know, she knows how to read a room, you know? And so, you know, once, once you are in an environment where you, where you finally feel safe, when your language is finally spoken, when the relationships uh, are, are authentic in such a way that allows you to be authentic, then it becomes so much easier to ground yourself. That's why I'm so committed to this work of welcome. So many people are, are like you and me who are just sort of wandering the universe, seeking a place to call home, seeking a place to, um, you know, be, be seen and, and, and to explore our gifts. And it is so important that, that those of us who are inside of the threshold um, make space for others who find that journey. I mean, like I said, um, she knows how to read a room and, um, but not everyone should have to, not everyone should have to like be that um, uh, adept at acclimating and reading cues and finding signs and, 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 and markers. Um, they should be uh, much more obvious so that, so that more people can, can enter in and find rest. And so you mentioned how people, whether they're BIPOC, queer, BIPOC and queer, or any other marginalized group are so often wandering, trying to find that spiritual home, that place of belonging. Mm -hmm. And so I'm wondering as kind of a act of closing out this session, Mm-hmm. What invitation you would give those people who are wondering, who are seeking, who are searching? What would that message be if you could tell them just like one thing that they could take with them? I actually would reframe the question or, or, re, or refocus the question on those of us who are Unitarian Universalists, particular um, white, cisgender, homonormative, um, and heteronormative folks, we have, it is, the, the invitation is incumbent upon us to, um, because we're the ones who get to, to, to change and be revolutionized. I think that so many of us are, who, who, who are safe and comfortable, suffer from a kind of, you know, um, a narcissism and even a, um, a boredom, if you will, and sort of a mundaneness that has us in a cycle of of normal of normalcy, and in a, amid you know climate change or racial unrest or um, economic uh, despair, we find ourselves wanting more, you know, and I would say that the queer and trans BIPOC communities are, are, are where that treasure is, is, is stored. 
um, when we can can connect to the other, um, there is so much excitement and energy and joy and 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 I would even add rest to be found in in relationship to one another. I think of you know a congregation that is wondering where you stand on policing, a congregation that is wondering where you stand on reparations, a congregation that is wondering, you know, you know, how to be of service to the trans community and more uniquely to the black trans women that are being murdered year after year after year. I think that the solution is found in our queer BIPOC uh, ministers, lay folks, and members who know so much about classism, who know so much about, um, you know, like reconciliation and so much about survival that, you know, we are the ones who I think uh, are the, I want to say solution, but certainly the, um, the solution. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly the, 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 the recipe, for lack of a better term, to what Unitarian Universalism really is and how to, uh, how, to, how to live into our values. Thank you so much. So what's next for you and for the office and maybe even the UUA? And then where can people find you, engage with your work, engage with the office multicultural ministries? Yeah, so the first four years of being here at UUA, I focused largely on um, tweaking, if you will, uh, uh, improving uh, our LGBTQ voice. Um, next, I want to move into more of the multicultural work that is also my responsibility. Um, a lot of congregations are looking for resources. How do you dismantle white supremacy? How do you live into the eighth principle? How do we, um, you know, widen the circle? if you will, and respond to the commission's report, the Commission on Institutional Changes report. Um, you know, we want to create uh, a space, if you will, for folks to easily find resources um, for how to improve multiculturalism in your congregation. So, um, so I'm just looking forward to creating a, maybe like a, a similar platform to Uplift called the Mosaic, which is going to be, uh, you know, later this year, uh, um, a clearinghouse of multicultural resources is, and where we are able to um, share and, um, you know, exchange resources that congregations are using and, and, and tools that congregations can do to become the multicultural places that, that, that we would love for them to be. Um, yeah, and then I'm always creating uh, welcoming congregations resources for renewing our welcoming congregations. Uh, I'm working on a web, right now um, that will companion the book, The Stonewall Generation, which was published by Skinner House last year, um, and as well as uh, many other things coming up. So in order to, to find those things, folks can follow me on Twitter at UUA underscore LGBTQ. Um, uh, you can join our Welcoming Congregations Facebook group, uh, easy to find, the Welcoming Congregations of Unitarian Universalism. Uh, and you can email me at either lgbtq at uua.org or multicultural at uua.org. 
Thank you so much, Reverend Michael. Is there anything else that you want to say or get out that wasn't asked or talked about? Not at all. I, I just think that, um, again, we're, we're, this is an amazing time. And, um, and it is not a time to despair, uh, but a time to be encouraged um, uh, and, and to do whatever we can to fight for the rights of trans folks, to ensure that the Equality Act is passed uh, through the Senate later this year, and to support trans kids that are being targeted uh, for political gain in, in, in many states around the country. Thank you. Thank you so much.